Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Max from Pathway CTM, and I'm here with Joe from Pathway CTM as well. Um, Joe, you're here with us. Give us an introduction about yourself, please. Um, oh, thanks, Max. Uh, it's nice to be here today. Um, yeah, I'm part of the Pathway team, and um, but I've kind of joined from a background of working in industry. Uh, left school at 16, went into industry, and then um, had a bit of a career change and became a business teacher at um, at a college. And then I've progressed into learning and developing my knowledge about careers and had a role as head of careers within a couple of schools. And now I've kind of brought all that knowledge across and joined the Pathway team. Fantastic. So we're here this morning recording this podcast and we're looking at post-16 options. We both work at Pathway CTM, but we've got different backgrounds. Mm. When you consider my background was recruiting young people into apprenticeships and degree apprenticeships after their GCSEs and after A-levels. Um, yours was working in schools, but also you are a parent, so you've been through this. Yes. We're looking to that post-16 option. So we want to look at everybody knows you can do an A-level. Everybody knows that, and that's highly advertised. We're going to look at the alternatives. What else can you do that is what we call equivalent to A-level? Yeah. And where can it take you? Because we want to explore, can it take you to a degree at university? Can it take you to a degree apprenticeship? Does it limit you or not? And why would you want to choose something different to an A-level if A-levels already exist? Why would you want to do something different, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's the exciting thing about being a young person these days, Max, because um, there are so many options and pathways that young people can take. And um, it doesn't have to just be the traditional route of choosing A-levels at a sixth form and progressing straight on to university. There are many different routes that can allow you to be successful in the future. And the key thing is, if we're thinking about post-16, now is the time, um, sort of November, December time, where young people in year 11 can be really doing their research and finding out about the whole range of pathways, qualifications, opportunities um, and also to be thinking about what's going to suit them and kind of being a little bit brave and, and not following the crowd because that's really important you know you have to follow your own path and not be just drawn into decisions based on what your best friends are doing. That's an interesting point because it's very easy to fall into that trap all my mates are going to go and do A-level so I need to go and do A-levels we're going to stay at the same school is going to be sixth form but now is the right time like you said for year 11s to be looking but even if you're year uh, 10 even if you're year 9 but year 10 it's yeah. a good time to start looking to consider what those options could be am I going to stay at the same school do I need to go to a different college yeah. do I need to do something different and also because um, now obviously post 16 you have to stay in full-time education until you're 18 but when we look at the options, because let's put them out there, you have A-levels, we're going to look at B-techs, we're going to look at T-levels, and we're going to look at apprenticeships at level two and level three. Mm -hmm. Because we talk a lot about degree apprenticeships, but let's talk about degree uh, apprenticeships at level two and level three. Um, because of the split, and we'll get into it, it's it's 80% work, 20% study. That is still considered to be in full-time education, which when I um, when I mentor a lot of students, um, they don't quite realise that, so don't realise that that's an actual option for them and wonder about how that's going to work. So we need to think about that. And if you are year 10 and looking at this, even year 11, but you're thinking, am I staying at the same college? Do I need to change? It can be scary, right? Yeah. I, 
I mean, I, I did it from a, a young person's point of view. I went to two colleges to do all my A-levels. So I went to adult college and I went to my normal sixth form. Um, but I know that for, for young people, it can be a little bit daunting, potentially. Yeah. Think about having to leave my mates behind and go somewhere else. But that's why we're here to discuss. What are those options and why would you want to do them? Yeah. So if we think about it, A-levels we know about. So why would you want to go and do an A-level? Um, you can do them in various subjects. Nowadays, it's still three A-levels. You can do AS levels as well. What are the benefits of an A-level? We'll cover that and think about what kind of learning is it? So if you were um, advising students or even your own children, why would they look at an A-level? Well, an A-level allows you to follow more of like the traditional routes. And, um, and indeed, in, in some university courses, then there'll be quite sort of strict entry requirements in order to study certain pathways. So if you're going into medicine, mm -hmm. veterinary, you know, some engineering uh, degrees, you know, that it will be necessary for those students to have specific A-level qualifications at specific grades. Um, so that's really important when so when you're looking at which A levels to choose. If you're um, if you're quite set on knowing which pathway that you want to take, whilst you're looking at your A levels, it's really important to also look at like where you want that A level to take you, um, and and just check out some of the university courses so that you're really clear about whether you need to be studying chemistry and biology and maths and and kind of like what what grades the expectations are going to be about those. And, um, and it's really important to remember as well with A-levels, you know, that level of learning is, is, a, is so much deeper and intense than GCSEs. So in order to follow an A-level subject, you know, you've really got to feel quite passionate mm -hmm. about it. You've really got to want to learn and go beyond the subject. So be really wise when you're choosing, like, which subjects that you want to study because you're doing a lot of studying on three specific subjects um so it's but you know you've got to want to know a lot about them and when we talk as well about the grades that you need to get to university or even potentially a degree apprenticeship that also translates into UCAS points, which yes. will then see that, that that's a theme that goes across the mm. different levels, the BTECs, T-levels and apprenticeships as well. Yeah. Um, A-levels have existed for a long time. They are there. They are fit for a purpose. They do suit a certain type of student. They mm. do cer suit certain ways of learning. And like you said about A-levels, they, they can be quite in-depth. So there is a lot of theory work. Um, and A-levels will get you to university, will get you to a degree apprenticeship. But let's look at the other options then. Let's start mm. with BTECs. Yeah. So if we look at a BTEC, what's different about a BTEC to an A-level? Where would I study it? What am I going to study in? So your BTEC options, um, you can study them. So depending on what, what your sort of school setup is. So when you're in year 11, your school may have a sixth form. So you have to think about, well, do I want to stay at the, my school's sixth form? But sort of you base your decisions on, well, what subjects can I study at my sixth form? Is it just A-levels um, or can I study a BTEC as well? The BTECs that are available within school settings are much more limited because okay. they generally speaking, a school sixth form is, is focusing on A-levels. Having said that, you know, you might be able to do a BTEC in IT um, or in health and social care. So you often find those within um, a, a school sixth form setup. If you want to kind of go a little bit broader, then you would be looking at um, an FE college. And those are colleges which um, they also, you can also go there and study A-levels. 
Um, but they have a much broader range of BTEC qualifications. And the way that BTECs uh, differ from A-levels is that there will be certain parts of a BTEC which is classed as sort of practical coursework. And many of the BTECs now will also have external exam elements to them. So it used to be in the back in the day that BTECs might have been purely coursework, but that has changed over the last few years. And there are external examinations that need to be passed as part of a BTEC qualification. So it's important that students understand that there, are, there is still an exam element when they follow a BTEC route. Um, but those BTECs, depending on the level that you do, so you can do a level two BTEC mm -hmm. or a level three BTEC. Now, a level two BTEC would be um, a one year course that a young person leaving school at 16 could study if maybe they haven't got five um, level fours, including maths and English in their GCSEs. So what you do is you would study a BTEC for one year in a, in a subject that you're interested in. So it might be IT, it might be in beauty, it might be in hair, might be in health and social care, creative media design, sort of courses along those lines. And you study that for one year, but you'd still have to keep studying your maths and English. Okay. So there's no, there's no real escape from maths and English um, once you've left school if you haven't got your level four. So you do that for one year, and then after that, you could progress onto a level three BTEC course, or you could progress onto A-levels, okay? Um, and a level three BTEC course would be a two-year course, and that then is equivalent at the end of those two years, if you pass your BTEC course, that is equivalent to a-level standards. So with a BTEC, you are able to progress onto university. Um, many of the students that I worked with in um, my schools and colleges, um, many of those went on to progress to university with their BTEC qualifications. So it's really important that young people understand that it's not just A-levels that allow you to progress to study for a degree. So let's have a look at that for a second. So with a BTEC, let's say I finish my GCSEs, I've got my maths and English, Yes. everything's great. I can go on to a level three BTEC, which I'd studied for two years. Yeah. It gives you UCAS points, like yeah. we were saying about those A-level grades. It gives you UCAS points, which um, um, allow you to then apply to degree apprenticeships, even level four apprenticeships, but they also allow you to apply to university Absolutely. to go and do a degree there. Yeah. With a BTEC, so A-levels, I'd probably look at doing three A-levels, okay, over yeah. two years. With a BTEC, am I doing three BTECs, two BTECs? Is one BTEC like one A-level? or So well, if that... I do a level three, do I need to do three <laughs> level threes? Yeah. And can I do a combination of BTECs and A-levels? Yeah, you can. You can do a combination. Okay. Um, and again, that will depend on the setting where, the, where you decide to study. Okay, So you could um, be at school and you might do two A-levels and what we call like a single BTEC, mm -hmm. which is equivalent to one A-level. Alternatively, you could go to an FE college and you could do an, well, what we call like an extended diploma in a BTEC subject at level three. And that would be, so you're, you're studying one course, but that on successful completion of that would be equivalent to three A-levels. So, um, so this is why it's okay. really important to be really researching like the different pathways and the best way to do that would be to go to like the open events at your sixth form colleges and at your FE colleges because 
um, young people can go along there with their parents. It's always really handy to take your parents as well because then they become informed and can support you with choices. Um, and you can speak to the college lecturers and they will be really clear about like what it is you can study, what that qualification will be worth at the end of it and where it can take you. What's an FE college? An FE college. So FE stands for further education. Okay. And that means further education is when you are studying between 16 and 18. Okay. Okay. And then we talk about HE and that's higher education. So that's when we talk about universities okay. and that's your sort of post 18. Okay. Okay. So what we want to, what I would like to say to students is if you are year 11 and you're considering what does my future look like, you, you might not know yet if you want to go to university mm. to get a degree. That might not be for you. You're not just not sure. Okay. No. That's absolutely fine. But look at what's going to be right for you for the next two years, mm -hmm. I think is what we're saying. Because it's not just A-levels that give you an option. They can be difficult for some people yeah. because of the way that you have to learn them and study them. Mm. So let's look at BTECs. There are so many different things that you can do with a BTEC in different areas. Um, and like we've discussed, you can do a combination of BTECs and A-levels and they will get you to the university mm. um, if that's where you want to go. They will get you onto a degree apprenticeship if that's where you want to go, but they will also take you straight into work too. Yes. With a BTEC, is there an industry placement? Is there an element of that? Because they are more practical. They're very good for those people that don't just assimilate information uh, theoretically and just learn by reading and hearing actually learn by putting things into practice and that's why BTECs are great for certain students who who need to be practical and he need to be putting mm -hmm. things into practice to learn things in a more in in the way that they learn so yeah. is there an industry placement can they go out and do work or is it all in in labs is it in workshops is it in uh, uh, in college working on certain elements practically um was yeah it's, it's interesting you say that because over the last couple of years like um the delivery of BTEC qualifications has has changed and more and more colleges are encouraging their BTEC students to um, find work experience that okay. supports their course. Okay. It's not like a formal part of the course because um, it's worth bearing in mind. Um, sometimes it gets a bit confusing when um, when they're on a, a level three, for example, full time course. It may mean that even though it's a full-time course, um, they're not in college um, five days a week, okay? So it might be that they're just in college the equivalent of three days a week. Okay. So so um, when you're studying a BTEC, you do have that extra time. Okay. So some students might choose that time to get a part-time job, um, but the colleges, lots of the colleges now will um, encourage and have as part of the program like they would like that young person to um, find a work placement uh, for one day a week which kind of complements what they're studying on their course and actually takes them out into the workplace um, and that kind of like leads us on to a more formalized qualification that's kind of developed from the BTEC and that's the T-levels glad you mentioned T-levels because let's move on to T-levels and when we talk about BTECs as well it is important to know that BTECs are actually being phased out and replaced by T-levels and they're being phased out starting from 2025 and when we look at what is being phased out of the BTEC it's going to be gradual so what is being phased out is being introduced in the T-level mm -hmm. so if there's a T-level available for it there might not be a BTEC available for it anymore if there's a BTEC, there might not be a T-level yet. So it's going to go... Yeah. So you, you, there won't be a gap where something's missing, no. but they are going to be phased out. So BTECs, we've explored. We've looked at those. T-levels, they're very new. 
I think they've only been around. To, I think this is the second year that they, they've been around. They were introduced last year. This is the second year. Uh, they were delayed slightly by the pandemic. T-levels. Yeah. They've been designed with industry. Yes. Pretty much like BTECs were, but they've looked at it a little bit more with industry. Mm. And a T-level, let's put it out there first. The big fundamental difference from a T-level to a BTEC is you only need to study one T-level. And it's the equivalent of three A-levels. So when we're talking A-levels, you need to choose three different subjects. And you, you might be stressing a little bit about, well, what's the third one going to be? BTECs, you can do a combination of BTECs and, and uh, A-levels. T-level is different. You choose one T-level. It's the equivalent of three A-levels. So the same sort of study time. But the weighting at the UCAS points is weighted so it's equivalent to three A-levels, yeah. which means that you can then apply to university or onto a degree apprenticeship. So what am I going to look at doing a T-level in and why would I do it? What's different about a T-level to a BTEC? What was the extra study that they did with industries that makes them better than BTECs? Well, what they've done is they've kind of like formalised the, uh, the content of the programme so that... 80% of the learning um, is classroom learning, but 20% of the course has to be learning within an industry placement. Okay, so that means that you, that young person that is studying um, a T level, whether it's in health, whether it's in engineering at the moment, whether it's in um, design, because there's some brilliant sort of like creative um, T levels coming in. So whilst the um, young person will be in college it's it's a very structured placement that accompanies that study um, and it will be with one employer and and they can really become kind of like embedded within that um, industry and then that with that employer and put to yeah, into practice what they're learning in their classroom so they really get all those like um, employability mm -hmm. skills, which are so, so valuable to young people. Um, to That's an important yeah. point that you make as well, of the fact that you can do that industry placement. It's 45 days over the two years. Yeah. So it is still two years of study, like it is at A-level and at BTEC. It takes you to 18. That industry placement really helps you put into practice practically those things that you learn and makes makes it easier for you to piece it together. Again, if that's mm. the way that you learn, which yeah. is important. Mm. And it gives you those employability skills, like you said, mm. Joe, which is, again, an, another step forward from the BTEC, because now you're getting the employability skills, you're getting yeah. the experience, you're doing the theory stuff, you're doing the practical stuff. Yeah. And like you said, there's um, T-levels, we'll look in a second at all the T-levels that are available. And I know that coming in 2023, there will be um, legal T-levels. Yeah. So that means that you can do an industry placement in a law firm yeah. while studying a legal course which is going to set you up great to go on to either a degree apprenticeship uh, to become a solicitor or go to university to study law or maybe go straight into work. Maybe you don't want one of those two options post-18. Maybe yeah. your option is straight into work. Mm. So it gives you those skills and that that employability puts you ahead maybe of certain other people who might be doing A-levels. But again, you need to choose. Mm. Looking at T-levels too, they have been worked um, with industry to make the course content relevant. So obviously the government has worked with a lot of different industries to make sure it's right, like they did with BTEC, mm. but they've taken it one step further. That's important to know that the, therefore the content in the T-levels is relevant for nowadays, for today. Absolutely. Let's talk quite frankly that things have changed since, certainly changed since I was at school. And when you look at IT, software engineering, network engineering, coding has mm. moved on. At university, I did, uh, I did a whole year on, on web design. But everything I learned on web design was so old before mm. broadband was invented and it was all HTML. Mm. It's outdated. I couldn't go into that anymore. So coding 
web design, different languages have come forward. And it's through those T levels and being able to work in industry that you get a lot more of those skills. But the the government has worked with industry to say this is what is relevant to today mm. so that students can learn the relevant stuff today for the future. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, the purpose of them is to kind of like fill these skills gaps that employers are saying um, are, are real issues for them. Um, and that's why employers have kind of like, you know, have um, wanted to be involved in the creation of these qualifications because they know that it will benefit them and that they'll be recruiting young people into their business, into that industry with the skills that they need. Um, and that's like really important. And, um, and it's really good for young people to know that what they are learning is really relevant and can be applied to the workplace because that makes your learning... So it, it doesn't make it easier, but it, it makes more sense. So if you understand the why, why do I need this? Why am I learning this? Which can be a real barrier to some young people when they're sat in a classroom. You know, what's the point? Well, actually, what this does, it kind of like brings it to life and say, well, that's the point, because actually you're going to take that knowledge and you're going to go and apply it in this in your structured work placement. And then they can see the value of it and then they can develop those skills. And. Uh, yeah, we really mustn't underestimate the value of the employability skills and, um, you know, qualifications, of course, really, really important. But those other skills alongside that um, are equally as valuable and employers believe that, you know, they are extremely important. When we look at what employers believe as well, industry has worked with government to create the T-level, as they did BTEC as well. Industry, so employers will look at it and say, if you've done a T-level in this, we know it's valid because it's a nationally recognised qualification, as is a BTEC, as is an A-level. Um, companies will open their offices up for placements because they've worked with government. Through those placements, you can start to make a connection with that company and say, well, mm. do you offer a degree apprenticeship potentially? Mm. If so, could I come and do it at your company? You've already started to make a connection and yeah. in that industry, but maybe in that company. Yeah. Then other companies will look at it and go, well, you did a T-level. We know that the employability skills that you get are worth mm. it. And we know that what you've learned is 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 up-to-date information. It's the relevant information for today. Absolutely. So it makes you more employable through that way as well. Yeah. It's always going to look really good on a CV to say that you have studied a qualification with technical skills mm -hmm. and employability skills. It puts you in like a really great position to progress onto university or onto apprenticeships. And you've mentioned sort of degree apprenticeships a couple of times, but I think it's important to understand that like apprenticeships can can be that next step. And they don't always need to be degree apprenticeships. No. Uh, there are apprenticeships that start from level two right up to level seven. And they go across so many different industries. And, and T-levels can, can lead you mm -hmm. onto your um, apprenticeships. But you may find... Um, and I, I think I've, I feel quite strongly about this and my son did this, but he he did his A-levels at college and he didn't want to go to university. Um, he started an apprenticeship, but he he went sideways. He did a level three apprenticeship. OK, okay? and and as a parent, I guess, because I knew about the value of apprenticeships, I was fine with that because I knew that he was going to get a foot in the door of a big kind of like global company. And, you know, five years later, he's continued his studies. He's got five years work experience and he's now up to his qualification levels, up to degree level. But he went in at 18 at level three. 
So, um, yeah, one of the messages I'd really like to get across today is like degree apprenticeships, amazing, you know, and that's a whole new conversation and podcast. But but be aware that a level three apprenticeship or a level two apprenticeship, it's like a step ladder and it moves up. And so never discount the the, the levels, basically. And I think I, I find that uh, a lot of parents, and I understand this because you will always want the best for your children, um, look at the that word equivalent to yes. a level three or a level two is equivalent to A-levels. And if you've done your A-levels and you go on to do a level three apprenticeship as a start, it's like, well, why have you done your A-levels and gone to do something that's equivalent to A-level? Mm. I think we use that word equivalent to just so that we can understand where to place it. But mm. it, it, when you look at apprenticeships, it's kind of irrelevant. I just want to go back to T-levels for a second. And when we look at the things that you can do, because BTECs will be phased out and T-levels will fully replace those BTECs. Mm. Um, what are the other kind of things that you can do as a T-level? Because in A-level, we know biology, chemistry, physics, maths, English, French, mm. German. You can do all of these kind of subjects. Mm. When we look at T-levels, because they are um, three A-levels in one, you only do one T-level. Mm. Some of those, uh, some T-levels are available, for example, health and social care. Mm -hmm. That will give you the grounding to be able to go into a health and social care situation, into nursing. Yeah. And it is three A-levels in one. So you, you only need to do one. So if yeah. that's the industry you want to go into, you only need to do that one T-level and it will take you there. Mm. When we look at some of the other ones, like I said, legal is coming in. Yeah, Accounting one. is coming in. Yeah. So again, if you want to go on to, to let's say, one of the big four and be an auditor or an accountant or a, a, yeah. a, a forensic uh, accountant, you can. Yeah. But there's other, other um, subjects such as the creative, the arts, um, media, broadcasting and production is another one yeah. which is, is being launched yeah. in 2023. And that is great for somebody who might want to be setting up a podcast like this and recording it, yeah. editing it, Absolutely. looking after it, yeah, things we, that I don't understand. We live in a digital world. Yeah. So any of those digital production, media skills, so valuable and and like young people love them because that's the world that they have developed and mm -hmm. grown up in and yeah you know, i think it's really exciting that um qualifications are now available in things that young people really have a passion about um and you know it, it's going wider than your traditional you know yes you can do a t-level in engineering brilliant that you can now do one in accountancy mm -hmm. there's a marketing one coming up we've got business and admin we've got health which could lead you to become a like you know apply for um, an apprenticeship to become a nurse absolutely you know a degree apprenticeship to become a nurse who would have thought that you could become a nurse without doing an a-level so know? when you look at it again doing that t-level in in it's, it's called um in health and social care mm. or in healthcare you are learning the science-based stuff that you need to go on yeah. to do that degree of apprenticeship, but without having to take an A-level specifically in chemistry or physics or biology that you yeah. might struggle with, yeah. considering you might want to go into that area but think full-on chemistry might be a bit tough for me, yeah. and I don't know if I can do that, but I only mm -hmm. need a bit of it. So within that T-level, yeah. things have been put together to give you the relevant information that you need yeah. with that industry placement backing it up. Yeah. Also, when you look at them, there's a lot that's around uh, manufacturing, logistics, um, engineering, but also the manufacturing side and the logistics sides of, of big businesses. When you look at manufacturing, what is it? I mean, it, it, it's such a, a, a big word and yeah. it encompasses so many things. You think of manufacturing, it's just making something. But yeah. there's so many stages to it yeah. that, again, the government has worked with industry to make that T-level relevant for different areas of manufacturing. And when you do the industry placement, you can look at 
where 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 are you going to go and do that manufacturing or that processing or that logistics yeah so it opens up a whole new world that didn't exist a few years ago and it's just going to get bigger and more interesting yeah when you talk about the types of roles that are available we need to look at level two and level three apprenticeships you mentioned it a few minutes ago we always yeah. talk about degree apprenticeships we've done a podcast where we talked about degree apprenticeships mm. You have a level two and a level three apprenticeship, which we call the equivalent to A-levels, mm -hmm. which means that you can start them after the age of 16. Once yeah. you've done your GCSEs, you can go on to those. And again, they are nationally recognized qualifications, the same as a BTEC is, the same as an A-level, same as a T-level, and nationally recognized. They can take you far as well. You get UCAS points for them for a start. So when you look at level two and level three, what are they? What do we do them in? Mm. And why would you want to do uh, a level two or a level three apprenticeship rather than a T level or an A level or a BTEC? Well, I mean, the great thing about doing an apprenticeship is that you are learning a qualification, you're getting work experience, and also you're getting paid. Um, and that's, imagine that at 16. I mean, like, you know, lots of young people start their little sort of Saturday jobs or part-time work when they're 16. Um, and what an apprenticeship allows them to do is to sort of tick all three boxes. So um, continue their studies, um, yeah, get those really valuable employability skills because they're working and earn money. And it, you can go in at a level two and, um, and then, like I say, you can then progress on and you know, the sky's the limit now, really, you know, and I, I, it just opens up opportunities for young people who have kind of like, you know, they've been in education long enough, you know, um, and just maybe because they haven't enjoyed school that much, or even if they have enjoyed school, you know, it's just time to do something different. And, and I really kind of like applaud young people at 16 who, who kind of like, um, yeah, they, I guess they break the mould a little bit. Most young people at the moment will still go on to college or to sixth form. Um, but I love it when young people I've worked with have gone, no, actually, I'm going to give this a go. And, and I don't know any 16-year-old that has regretted taking that path at 16. Um, and, you know, the, the outcomes that I've seen firsthand have just been success. And um, so I think it, it does require a certain amount of bravery um, and to not follow the crowd. Um, but if, if a young person is willing to research what's out there and what's available and, and uh, you know, they, they need support to um, sort of get through that process. And maybe do. sometimes that isn't always available and, and parents feel a bit nervous about it because they might not know, um, you know, too much information about what does it involve and mm -hmm. is it going to hold them back, you know, an apprenticeship will never hold anyone back. You know, I think that's really, really important to know. It goes back to that point that we said earlier. At six, post 16 to 18, you have to remain in full-time education. And a lot of students will look at an apprenticeship, level two, level three, as will a parent and say, mm. but if you're going to be working in a real job and mm. studying 20% of the time, because 80% is the work, 20% is the study, but you have mm. a full-time job. Mm. How is that remaining in full-time education? But, it is. but the government has set it out that way. Yeah. You are in full-time education. It's the 80-20 split again, whereas the T-level is 80% uh, classroom-based, 20% industry placement on the job-based, apprenticeships are flipped. It's 80% on the job, 20% learning in the classroom learning. Yeah. So you, what you are learning, you are then putting into practice in your real job, yeah. which you are being paid a salary for. Yeah. And there's different levels of apprenticeship pay. Yeah. There's the minimum that the government gives. 
but then companies there are a lot of companies that pay a lot higher yeah. than the minimum because they value their workforce and Absolutely. they know the benefit to it so looking at level two and level three apprenticeships i will give an example everybody on this podcast knows that my previous role i worked in recruitment for pret manger now at pret the degree apprenticeship was open to students post 16 who could come after gcse and start at level two start in a shop um, as a team member at the at the entry st- entry level and work their way up to level three, four, five, six, and if they want to do level seven, mm. but six, once you do a level six apprenticeship, once you get your level six, you have a bachelor's degree, same as it would be from university. But the whole program was set to start at level two and take them all the way through to level six, going up through the ranks in Pret and then finishing being a general manager of a, of a Pret shop. Other companies do very similar. Mm. And they will take people in at level two and give them that pathway to keep going all the way. Mm. So those that road is open. You can do level two and level three and then decide to go and do a university degree if that's what you want, because it mm. gives you UCAS points. You can go and do a degree apprenticeship if that's what you want. But when you look at level two and level three apprenticeships, they are there to give you the equivalent A level so that they're more practical based. When you look at stats as well, since they were introduced in 2015, over two and a half million people have started an apprenticeship. So they are they are popular. Mm. They are becoming more popular. And there's over there's over 1,500 different apprenticeships available. I found out recently working with the NHS that the NHS is looking at introducing apprenticeships to become a doctor. So it shows you that all the types of roles. Yeah. Some people say to me, but apprenticeships, even at level two, level three, you can't do that much. You can. Because there's there's not that many roles available, yeah. but you can do a lot. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many roles available. We talked about it for T level and B tech, mm. those different areas that you can go into. But pretty much any job you can think of would have an apprenticeship attached to it. Yeah. So you can go into a law office and do legal apprenticeships. You can. you can do network engineering. You can do software engineering, game design. You can do uh, dog grooming apprenticeships. You can do dog grooming you apprenticeships. Can. Okay, yeah. didn't know that. You kn- yeah, you can. I mean, that's how that's how exciting it is. You know, there, I would kind of like challenge anyone to say that, you know, there isn't an apprenticeship that doesn't suit a young person's mm-hmm. interests and um, and skills. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you just have to be curious about what is out there. You know, and, you know, there are some amazing resources available online um, that young people can refer to and parents can refer to um, in order to find out about them. And that, that for me, that's what's really key is that, um, you know, it, it, you can't be sort of like tunnel vision. Well, you can, but if you're tunnel vision, you're just going to miss opportunities. So, um, you know, really encourage um, students and their parents to be open to information like what's coming from school you know like open those emails read those opportunities and um, and do everything they can to sort of access that information and advice that is out there because there's an awful lot out there mm-hmm. um, and um, and obviously we can help with that um, at, at Pathway CTM you know that's what we're here for it's about opening up people's eyes to what is out there and just showing them the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it's those young people that take the opportunities that see the success. And, you know, I love it when I when I see that firsthand. To take the opportunity, you need to think about uh, what the future looks like. Some students will be listening to this and thinking, going into work for um, doing a level two or level three apprenticeship can be quite daunting. There, there are stats behind it because your A-levels, B-techs, T-levels, you are going into a college. 
level two, level three apprenticeships, you're going into a company, you're going into a job, you're going to be paid a salary, you have that job. 93% mm. of apprentices remain employed upon completion of their apprenticeships. It's not like you finish the level two apprenticeship, your job is gone. No, you keep the job, you just have now have the nationally recognized qualification. Same once you finish level three, four, five, six, and yeah. seven. Seven is a master's degree, that's where it finishes at. So you, you remain employed on completion, 93% of apprentices do. Some obviously don't, but then I would question why you would go to a company that would do that, mm. that wouldn't keep you on. And also when you look at other stats for apprenticeships, um, a higher apprentice uh, it's been um, calculated could earn over one and a half million pounds over their lifetime, mm -hmm. which shows that there is value to it. It's not low paid, it is high paid. Yeah. It can lead on to a lot of different things. Yeah. Level two, level three apprenticeships, are the, the one that people worry, worry about most because you're leaving college, you're going into work, you're doing a real job, but it is so worth it because it can lead on to university degree, can lead on to a degree apprenticeship. You do get UCAS points for it. You can remain in work and still have that nationally recognized qualification within that industry. Yeah. And as we said, there's over, there's over one and a half thousand different job roles available. I think it's also important for young people to know that even what they're thinking about doing at 16, you know, you don't have to stay on that path forever. I mean, you know, so many people have kind of what we call like squiggly careers now. You know, it's not just about sort of starting here and, and going straight up. You know, you, you, you do something, you get skilled in something. You know, carry on learning. I'm still learning at, at my old age, like doing new qualifications and, and following different paths. You know, I left school at 16. And and that's what's important that, you know, it's not like what you choose at 16 does not mean that that's going to define you. And that's what you're going to have to do for the rest of life. You're absolutely not. You know, take that first step. If it's successful, brilliant. And but then where's it going to take you? If it's not right, there are so many more opportunities out there. And, you know, you're 16. You're so young. You've got so much time ahead of you to carry on learning and to go in different pathways you know that's if we're okay. talking about squiggly career paths i mean there's a whole podcast in there about my one um, yeah. myself we're not going to get you started <coughs> that, otherwise we'll be uh, here we'll be here forever um, yeah speaking of uh, joe it's been fantastic talking to you about post 16 options i'm sure we could talk for another hour um there will be many questions that come out of this but thank you so much for your time today um it's been a real pleasure to talk talking about the different options post 16 thank you very much thank you Max.